there's something about having a clear understanding of what you want in life that allows you to get there and go for it, man, go for it. Take that chance and take that leap and step out into that deep, dark place that maybe you don't know what's around the corner and trust that. You'll get there one step at a time. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Ash Patel and I'm with today's guest, Ivan Vian. Ivan is joining us from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. He is the founder of Ivan Capital, which syndicates multifamily assets. Ivan's portfolio consists of 1,200 units over eight properties as a GP. He is also an LP investor in five properties. Ivan is also a retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel who flew the B-1 bomber and has been investing in real estate for 15 years. Ivan, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. It's a pleasure being here. Thanks, Ash. Uh, very excited to have this opportunity to uh, share with you. Ivan, before we get started, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as you mentioned, Ash, I'm a retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel. I spent 20 years in the Air Force. I had the fortune of flying the B-1 bomber in my entire career. Something I always wanted to do since I was a little kid. I was able to do that and pull that off. But uh, while in the Air Force, you know, you're being transferred to various cities and whatnot. That's where I kind of found out about real estate and started investing in single family properties and worked my way up to multifamily. I recently retired in October of 2021, just a few months ago at the recording of the show. And now I'm solely focused on my multifamily investment company. It's actually called Anthem Capital. Focus on Anthem Capital as one of the primary uh, co-sponsors. I have a business partner. His name's Tariq, who's not here with us today. But he and I operate Anthem Capital. My apologies for getting that wrong in the intro. <laughs> Ivan, when you were in the Air Force and going from city to city, what was your real estate investments? I kind of fell into it on accident. I was stationed at uh, Ellsworth Air Force Base, Rapid City, South Dakota, got orders to relocate to Abilene, Texas. And uh, when I moved down there, my mother-in-law said, hey, this lady down the street is going through a divorce and she really needs to sell her house. Why don't you go down there and knock on our door and see if you can get something going? Because I have talked about wanting to have some real estate and I was starting to get interested in it. So I went down there, knocked on the door and long story short, she was like, yeah, I'll sell you my house for 35,000 bucks. Not knowing what I was doing, just going in, very little knowledge in the whole thing, just kind of trusting my gut in the process. But I got lucky on that one because it rented for like eight fifty, nine hundred bucks a month, and you tack on the debt service, I was doing all right, self managing around two hundred some bucks, three hundred bucks a month on that one. So that's kind of how I got that investment bug and kind of took off from there. And now you got to find a lot more thirty five thousand dollar houses. <laughs> yeah, definitely right, and good luck too, right? <laughs> Trying to find those. Well, they're probably out there somewhere, but I kind of let that one go once I learned about multifamily. Was there something about being near a military base that made real estate more attractive? Yeah, absolutely. From a job core standpoint, military renters typically are good renters overall because they have consistent income. And if they don't pay rent, you can go talk to their boss and handle things maybe the military way. I say that with air quotes, you know? <laughs> so yeah, it made for a good, attractive place to 
acquired investment properties and I had a small portfolio there in Abilene about 15 years ago now, but that's kind of how I got started. And how did you progress to multifamily? Interesting enough, I was driving back from Dallas, listening to AM radio, and there is this podcast or this radio show playing. It was a mentorship program. And they said, come to my two-day event. I said, well, I'm interested in real estate. I need to go check them out. So I went to the two-day event. Day two of that two-day event, they introduced us to the multifamily investment model. And my eyes were opened. I'm like, oh my God, that's what I want to be doing. That makes much more sense. Economies of scale, things like that. I got to find a way to get into multifamily. So that's kind of how it was introduced to me. And what was your first multifamily investment? And how did you find the deal? Well, there's a lot that happened between that radio show and when I got my first deal. I didn't quite have the belief or the knowledge or the know-how or the capital. And I kind of nosedived for a while before I had to come back up. And we can get into that if you want. But that was around 2008. Fast forward around 2016, eight years later, I signed up with another mentor down in Dallas. And during that time, I was an investor realtor. And one of my best clients named Tariq, he and I decided to go into business together in multifamily. So we went to that two-day event in Dallas, focused solely on multifamily investing, and that's where we got started. So nine months after we got started in multifamily investing, ended up selling off my single-family properties, redeploying that capital to multifamily. I live in Oklahoma City. He and I said, we want to focus on Oklahoma City as our first investment. So we immediately established a relationship with the local brokers, and one of the brokers brought us across this multifamily portfolio. 214 units total. It was a 65, 99, and a 50 unit. Two of them were in Norman, Oklahoma. And the third one was in Chickasha, a little town of 35,000 people. And we went through the whole underwriting process and said, hey, I think we got a deal here. Let's go to work and make it happen. And being part of this investment network, that's kind of where we got access to all the vendors that you need to be able to close a deal as well as the equity. So we tied all of those relationships together to allow us to find all the appropriate people we need to acquire property as well as to raise the equity. And our first jump into multifamily was a three property portfolio, a 99, 50 unit and a 65 that we held for about three years before we exited out of those three assets. Very nonchalantly, you said, because I was part of this group, it allowed me to get the equity that I needed. It wasn't that easy, was it? Well, no, the first go at it, you don't have a track record, right? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely wasn't that easy. But one of the keys to success is to partner with people who do have track records and you have prior experience, not only maybe in the market that you want to invest in to convince the local brokers that you can close a deal, but have experience doing multifamily overall. So we teamed up with some co-GPs who already had an investor database network that allows to raise the capital, but it still came with some challenges along the way. What were those challenges? Convincing people that you can perform, right? And you had what, 30 days, 45 days to get the deal done? Yeah, during that time, it was about a 45-day to close kind of scenario. And we were doing three loans at the same time. It was an umbrella-type syndication, one raise, dispersed, pro-rata basis amongst the three properties. But there was a lot of moving parts, a lot of stuff going on that first go at it. Let's dive into that. So you have this portfolio presented to you. Were you determined to close on it? Was it a really good deal? Perceivably, yes. We go through the underwriting process. You shop the comps, look at the CoStar data. You make your assumptions on what you expect to happen. And 
on paper, it seemed to make sense, right? So at the time, yeah, absolutely, right? But sometimes the first deals do come with some hard knocks or certain challenges along the way, or perhaps you may find that your assumptions were a little off. That's okay. You have to find a way to overcome that and self-correct and get yourself back on course in which we're able to do. And Ivan, how did you convince the other GPs to come on with you? Like anything else, I think real estate is relationship business. So you have to establish relationship, and which we did. It took us nine months to get our first deal. So it took those nine months to establish relationships. So you go to coffee shops, you get to know each other, hang out at each other's homes. You have whatever it is, phone calls. Zoom wasn't really happening much then, but phone calls or video chats and things like that to make sure you understand what your roles and responsibilities are going to be going into the relationship and how are you going to work together? And we got a lot of those questions out of the way, a lot of those expectations and roles established prior to going to the equity raise, which did help out along the way. And the sponsors that we worked with, we ended up staying on with them for a total of four deals. So that first one and like three others after that. And did you and your partner raise any money for that deal? Or was it all the other GPs? That oh, raised? yeah. We had our own personal network as well that we tapped into and brought capital to the deal to close. And have you since sold that property? Yeah, sold that one, but also focus on other deals that we ended up selling as well. So today we've gone full circle on around five or six deals. And what were the returns like on that first deal to your investors? The returns on that one were not the best. Honestly, we're not the best. I had some challenges along the way and ultimately that market was saturated. So we learned a lot in that first particular deal. But the second deal we did amazing on. And what I must say, that first deal is three properties, two in Norman and one in Chickasha. The one in Chickasha did outstanding. We sold that one in two years for 94% total return. So we bought it for around 22 a door and ended up selling around 50 something a door in two years time. A lot of that was just operational improvement right? It needed a professional property management company and it needed interior and exterior improvements. Doing that, you raise the rents, you run off the loss of lease, you improve the value. So we're able to exit that one for 94% total return. That's a big uh, win. That was a good win. That, that felt good. And in the beginning, I said Chickasha, 35,000 people. So that was a tertiary market, which we ended up doing really well in a tertiary market. And that was my first taste of like, oh my gosh, this thing is real. You can make really good money doing multifamily not only as a passive, as an LP, but as a GP, as a sponsor. We'll get back to the show in a few minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll get some value in learning more about. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. Mark your calendars for the best ever conference, February 24th through 26th, back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies 
building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. You can get 15% off right now with the code BEC15 at besteverconference.com. That's the code BEC15 for 15% off at besteverconference.com. What were some of the hard lessons you learned on that property, the first one? Hard lessons, very, very important things. Spend a lot of time getting to know the property manager company and then spend more time after that. Find someone who's local to the market, has established network and has history in the market versus trying to bring someone out of Dallas market and trying to operate an Oklahoma City asset same way as a Dallas asset. We found over time that it's best to use property management companies who are homegrown to that local market. It creates a lot better efficiency overall. And again, this is like six years ago, right? So I'm trying to put myself in my shoes six years ago compared to where yeah. I am today, right? And that makes a lot of sense, especially in some of the smaller towns. Right. You want those boots on the ground that know everybody. Right. Especially yeah. in the smaller towns, right? Yeah. And that third property, the Chickasha one, the manager we had there was one of the key reasons why we did well is because she was on that asset and it was owner operator scenario such a small town, she was well-connected to that demographic and understood how to operate that property parallel to what the demographic was down there. So a lot of oil-based jobs, and she was able to connect with those type of people well. But going deeper into this conversation, really making sure that the on-site manager understands the demographic, understands the business plan, is able to execute that business plan well, and make sure the property manager company identifies a really good property manager well before you close on an asset so that they are able to hit the ground running the day you close. Some cases, sometimes property management companies don't find something like until two days prior to close, you know, and they can barely even log into the property management software, let alone know what's going on. And you're already starting off behind the curve. And again, this is like six years ago. Now, this is not the situation, but this is yeah. kind of some stuff I learned <laughs> in the beginning. So I took those lessons and moving forward, it made for a lot better transactions and business plans thereafter. So Ivan, today, how do you make sure that you have a really good on-site property manager? Drill down the question, set the expectation. Ask them, did you do your full due diligence? What's the background? What's the history? And also make sure the regional doesn't have a huge portfolio that they have to oversee. Like I found maybe around seven or eight properties max. You get to the 10, 11, 12, 13 properties. There's only so much time in a day. So how much attention can they really give your asset that it needs, right? And these apartments require a lot of attention, especially the value add, the kind of class C stuff that we operate, they require a lot of attention. So you really got to accept the expectation correctly up front that we only want the best here. And also, especially in with the labor pool that we have today, maybe pay a little bit more. We try to maybe save expenses to improve value, but it'll hurt you in the long run has been my experience. So pay a little bit more per hour to get the better person and to make sure that they stay there. Nothing worse than turnover as well, right? And you don't want a manager after manager after manager. It's hard to build momentum. So find someone correctly up front. Take longer than you need to find that person, pay them well, and then make sure they stay healthy along the way. Appropriate management of tasks and jobs and responsibilities so they do not get overtasked. The last thing you want them is to leave. And another thing we found is if they live on site, they take better ownership of that property because they live there. 
especially if they have families. They want their families to feel safe and have a clean functional asset to live in. So they're going to be a little more emotionally attached to that asset, that property, which we found to be a better benefit or a benefit overall when hiring a property manager. So many good lessons there. Ivan, you went to that first multifamily conference and there was an eight year gap before you went to the second one. What was a mindset? Oh man, a lot, right? So I didn't have much cap. Well, first of all, I didn't have a mentor when I first went into single family investing. So I bought one, I did well, and then I got the bug. And then I bought one and I didn't do well. And that thing almost took me out. <laughs> I went like $80,000 in the hole. And that's a scary time. I had my first son barely making any money in the Air Force. I was like a captain in the Air Force. And now I'm in debt. And that was right when the crash happened. So I'm out of capital. The crash happened and everything was selling on a discount, 30 cents on the dollar, 50 cents on the dollar. And I didn't have any capital to invest. It was so frustrating. So interesting enough, I didn't really sign on to that mentorship program until after I went in the hole. Once I went in the hole, I started getting the education training. I had enough capital to buy a couple more. So I had about four single families. But my mindset wasn't right. And I didn't have the belief that I can go into these big assets that cost millions and millions of dollars. So I hung out in the single family world for a while. I went out, got mentorship, got training and started over. I ran out of capital. So I had to build it back up doing single family and had the opportunity to move to Oklahoma City around 2013. I said, when I moved to Oklahoma City, I'm going to start over. Continue to perform my job and do well in the Air Force, but also invest in single family on the side. So I moved to Oklahoma City and I hit the ground running and I saved up some capital at that point in time. I was able to buy six houses. And then my broker said, hey, once you get your license, you can sell houses on your lunch break and after work. So sure, I got my license and he gave me a few clients kicked me out the door and said, go sell houses. It was just like that. Like literally no training or anything. I was like, well, I got training through my mentorship program. I know how to teach because I've been an instructor in the Air Force. I'm just going to teach my clients to do what I did. And he gave me good clients and they caught on quickly. And when they caught on, things just took off. Through that experience as an investor realtor, and all I did was work with investors. It was a very easy job. I ended up selling 99 houses in two years as an investor realtor. And that's what allowed me to go to the next level. I took all that capital, ended up getting around 30 houses, and I built up a portfolio. But the market started drying up in Oklahoma City based upon the type of returns I wanted to get around 2016. And that's when I started having conversations with my now great business partner, Tariq. Hey, I want to get a multifamily. I've been wanting to get a multifamily forever. Now's the time. I think we need to go check out this conference in Dallas and, and see about what's going on with multifamily. And that's when we went down to Dallas and I always wanted to be on my own when I retired from the Air Force. I never wanted to work for anybody ever again. So I saw multifamily as my way of being able to do that. And I just latched on to the idea of it and went through the growth process that you needed to go through to get yourself emotionally, physically, mentally right to be able to operate assets at this level. And Long story short, it turned out to be a great success. Here I am today, full-time multifamily investor. I've operated now actually around almost 2,000 units. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing that experience. Ivan, you've had an illustrious career in the Air Force. 
it had to have been a very humbling experience losing that $80,000. <laughs> How important is your partner Tariq in changing your mindset Oof, and the yeah. fact that he came along with you on the ride? If it wasn't for him, do you think you would have prolonged your entrance into multifamily? I don't know how to answer that because I do have to say Tariq was very instrumental in my life and why I am where I am today. But could it have been another Tariq, another person? I don't know. All I know is that the timing was right and the universe, however you want to have it and see it, presented me Tariq. And whatever opportunity I got in my life, I always went all in and wholeheartedly. So I saw Tariq as someone who wanted the best real estate. And all I did with all my clients, I just served them well always made them a priority. I was buying houses, but I always had this thing. I'm going to sell 10 before I buy one. I'm going to always make sure that they're full before I can go get mine. And I just treated everything in my life like that with that mindset that I'm going to serve them. Well, I'm going to help them achieve what they want and opportunities started coming my way. And then also just being around high net worth individuals, they think differently. They see things differently. They make decisions differently. And I, I naturally picked up on that. So 100% that influenced my life in a positive way and forever grateful for that opportunity to be able to work with someone like Tariq and forever will be grateful to be able to work with someone like Tariq. And I've been working with Tariq now eight years. <laughs> that is incredible. So for somebody else that's in a similar situation, would you recommend finding a partner? Yes. Or So where I was going with this was if you didn't have a partner, would you have scaled the way you have? No, 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 no. Because I have duties to my air force first, right? And then I have a family and then I have other interests in life. For me, I was a pilot for B1 bombers. I can't be talking to a broker or a lawyer while I'm in the air at 30,000 feet. Well, it's possible, but don't advise doing that. <laughs> I wouldn't have my wings anymore if they knew I was doing deals while in the air. With your laptop sitting there. <laughs> right. Yeah. So of course, of course, you need a partner to be able to do what I was able to do while in the Air Force, right? And also with our natural skill sets, Tariq is a financial wizard, right? And he handled the transaction side of the business, acquiring dispositions. I handle the operations, which is my background. Being an operational world, a pilot in the Air Force, I'm very operationally minded. I was able to leverage a lot of my military experiences, working in systems and just working with people into my multifamily business that made for a great partnership. But a lot of people are probably in similar situations where they have a full-time job. How am I going to do this? I have this dream. I want to be a multifamily investor. I want to be on my own full-time partnerships. Yes, you're taking less of a total return, but the net result at the end of the day, you're able to actually acquire more and do more. Plus, you don't want to be working 15 hours a day anyways. If you just had two or three, it's going to consume all your time. You're not going to have any time for anything else. It's about quality of life too. You want to have a good life. You want to be able to enjoy things outside of just sitting at a desk all day or, or working at a property. Partnership is the answer to that. And it's a great way to be able to scale and build a business. We'll get back to the show in a few minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll get some value in learning more about. How are you doing on your goals this year? Whether it's planning for your goals or whether it's executing on those goals, I imagine one of them has to do with financial freedom, taking control of your finances. And I can tell you that is a possibility within the next one to three years using a proven system created by my friend, Michael Blanc. He's got the program Deal Maker Mentoring. Here are some of his students 
who have been in the program and what they've accomplished. Melanie McDaniel, she closed her first 24-unit joint venture deal and is now pivoting to become full-time in the industry. Within five months of joining, Cheryl Groovy from Atlanta, she had a 34-unit deal under contract. And she partnered with two other dealmaker mentoring students, and together they raised $700,000. And Brian Briscoe, he said thanks to dealmaker mentoring, he had the opportunity to accelerate his timeline and go after much bigger deals than he would have on his own. If you are ready to commit to achieving your dreams this year and you've been thinking about getting into multifamily, well, text the word Joe to 66866. Again, that's the word Joe. You know how to spell my name, right? J-O-E to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind and let's get you started with your own syndication business. Deals and money. We are constantly seeking deals and money as real estate investors and I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals if you're like most real estate investors because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success in real estate. And follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals or you can follow up with your investors and you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners, then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Follow-up boss offers experts seven days a week you can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial, twice the length of the normal trial for a limited time. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. I think that's so important. I learned that super late in my investing career. But when you look at a lot of the high performers, they all have partners. Yeah, absolutely. That's incredible. From your Air Force career, what's helped you the most in your real estate career? What skills have translated to really help you in real estate? Man, that is a great question. A lot, a lot of things come to mind. One thing first comes to mind is I was an instructor pilot for five years in the Air Force. I taught students coming out of pilot training how to fly the B-1, taking off, landing, air refueling, dropping bombs, flying low level, which is cool. We get to fly 500 feet above the ground at 600 miles an hour. There's nothing cooler than that. But not everyone is the same coming out of pilot training. They all have different backgrounds, belief systems, personalities. So you had to learn how to adapt to these individuals coming out to teach them how to fly and operate this plane, eventually taking it to combat and execute the mission to combat. So Air Force experience taught me a lot about people and human psychology and how to connect with people. And they say leadership is influencing people and have them still maybe like you after influencing them. Not that that really matters, but there's a certain thing about respect. So I approached that experience that I took in the military to my 
multifamily asset management career and working with property managers. They all have different backgrounds, personalities, perspectives. Some are more difficult and more challenging to work with. Some are not. And I took a lot of my leadership experience and I apply that to how I do things in the business world. So learning about people and flying a B1, there's four of us in that plane and you're always working with different people. So you learn how to adapt to multiple personalities and learn to be flexible in that, in that type of environment. That has helped me a lot in what I do today. And I would imagine you do exceptionally well with investor relations. Hopefully yeah. that's your role. Is that your role or yeah, somebody else? Yeah, my role. Yeah, I do a lot of network meetings, but I do a lot of the calls, field all the calls that come through and all the monthly financial reports that we send out. Awesome. You also mentioned a mentor a few times. How important is that? And at what stage in your career should you get a mentor? Oh man, what stage? I mean, I want my kids to have mentors. You need to have an objectifile perspective of you, someone seeing things in your life that you can't see and seeing the potential in you to help you grow into the person that you truly were meant to become. That's one key thing in my life that has contributed to my success is that I've always had a mentor. High school, college, after college, always found somebody to help influence my life in the way that I want it to be influenced. So as soon as you can talk, <laughs> you should get a mentor. And that could be a teacher or a student. For a college student, it could be a teacher or it could be a mentor of someone who's gone there and done that before and where someone that you can emulate and you don't have to reinvent the wheel. So multifamily, I never reinvented this stuff. This is stuff that everyone else has done. I listen to them. I see what they're doing and I copy them. They have proven results and I copy them and I get the same results. Sometimes even better. Yeah, Ivan, there's people out there that have no problem asking if somebody could mentor them. I'm sure you get hit up a lot. Can you mentor me? What would you say to those people who are afraid to ask for a mentor? How do they go about finding somebody to guide them? How do you go about finding someone to guide them? Well, there's professional mentors. There's coaches. There's all kinds of coaches. Any type of yeah. character you want, of course, you can hire somebody to do that. But anything in relationships should become natural. You got to have enough desire to get out of your comfort zone. You got to be hungry enough as first thing, right? You got to really check your own desires and your own inner beliefs of what you really want in life. If you're hungry, you're going to go eat, man. You're going to find something to eat. I guarantee it, right? If you're in the woods, you're going to find a way to consume that deer if you're hungry, right? You got to have hunger, man. So you got to want it bad enough. You got to want it. You got to be passionate. You got to really desire this thing. And that's the thing. Like I've always wanted to do what I've always done in my life. And I've always found a way to get there, regardless of the challenges that I have overcome, regardless of my background, all of that. I've always been hungry. I think that hunger is what caused you to go out and seek a way to feed yourself. In this case, we're talking about mentorship. So my hunger for multifamily, I had to go find a multifamily investor. People have their own personal spirituality, their own per- go find that person. If you want to get better in shape, go find a coach to help you get in shape. But it's that hunger, it's that desire. You got to have those goals. That's another thing. Vision and goals is key. You got to have a goal in life. If you don't have a goal, you're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to have any direction. You're going to be aiming aimlessly. Sit down and have goals and write those goals out and have a clear understanding of what that looks like. And watch what happens when you write goals. Watch what happens when you have clarity in your life. It creates natural hunger. It'll create these unctions in you, if, if you will, like, 
to say, oh my God, I, I need to do this. I need to read this book. I, gotta, I need to do this. These goals, what drives the path to help you get to where you're supposed to be in life. This kind of some of the ways I look at it and how I go about it in my life. Yeah. Ivan, today, what's the bottleneck in your business? Is it deal flow? Is it capital? Capital. Everyone has their bottlenecking, right? But all kinds of deals out there. Being very intentional this year, a lot of competition in our investor database. So I'm, I'm going out there and I'm building out my equity database, my investor database, and I'm going to go out and continue to build it. I love to find more partners who are tied to more equity as well. I'm open to co-GPing with other sponsors out there to be able to take down a deal and operate and manage it overall collectively as a team. But I would say more equity than anything. Got it. Ivan, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Best advice ever, man. Like what I was saying, you got to know what you want. You can play a game at any level, right? You got to work from the end in mind. So have a clear understanding defining what that picture looks like. I know a lot of people in a lot of situations, maybe they hate their job or they hate where they are in their life, or they may feel like they should be farther along, all of those things. What I can say is that there's something about having a clear understanding of what you want in life that allows you to get there and go for it, man, go for it. Take that chance and take that leap and step out into that deep, dark place that maybe you don't know what's around the corner and trust that. You'll get there one step at a time. I wanted to be a full-time multifamily investor when I retired from the Air Force, and that was it. And I knew what I wanted. When I was six years old, I knew I wanted to fly airplanes. I knew that was what I wanted. I went after it. And for me, it's proven well for me. The key thing for me is that I'm learning that I am capable of more. I wish I would have thought higher and bigger and farther. I probably would have been farther along. So have still got time, man. Still got time. Have those high achievable goals for yourself, have a clear understanding and watch what happens in your life. Then take that step, take that chance. You'll get what you want. Ivan, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. Let's do it. Ivan, what's the best ever book you recently read? Best ever book? Currently reading You Were Born Rich by Bob Proctor. It's been an amazing book. What's your big takeaway so far? Bob Proctor's book? Yes. Everything that you want is not outside of you. It's actually inside of you. You just got to allow it to happen. And Ivan, what's the best ever way you like to give back? Honestly, I thought about this and I would love to teach young people about what it is to be an entrepreneur, about financial education, about all those things you wish you were able to learn in school, but never did. I want to be the person to help them have an understanding of what that is when they're young. So they don't have to go through a 20-year career that ended up hating, that can actually live a full life, more than just about making money, a full life where they truly feel in control of their destiny. And Ivan, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? My email, Ivan, I-V-E-N at anthemcp.com, anthemcp as in charliepapa.com, or you can go to my website, anthemcp.com. You can find my contact info there and also learn more about our company. Ivan, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you. Your incredible career in the Air Force. Thank you for your service and your sacrifice for your entire career in the Air Force. I appreciate it. Thank you for sharing your story with us today. It was inspiring. Some of the, the good times, the bad times, and how you got out of it. What an incredible time I had with you today. So thank you. 
Uh, it's been a pleasure. I, I'm truly humble and grateful. And thank you so much for this opportunity. Best ever listeners. Thank you so much for joining. If you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did, please leave a five-star review. Share this podcast with anybody who you think can benefit from it. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day.